Hello, everyone. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever your time zone is. Uh, I'm not as good at introducing this as Justin is, but he's off dealing with a dog right now. Dog's barking in the background, so we're going to get this forward. So we're talking today. It's going to be me, Justin, and Charles, and we're going to talk today about a film I saw called Axe, a film by the Holy Spirit. And she subjected us to it because we're her friends. <laughs> Imagine what she does to her enemies. Listen, I wanted to invite on a mystic who is of the Norse pantheon. I am Christian. I'm not 100% sure what Dustin identifies as now. I believe it's Christian, but I don't know if he has a specific denomination. So... I'm not going to assume that, but I do know that he, that all three of us, oh, there he is. What, what do you want to say is your denominational background? If you had to peg me down, I'd probably be more of a, a, a mystic of a Christian persuasion, mostly. Okay. Mostly. But not, not that extra ass stuff that they do. <laughs> we'll get into that, though. Yeah, we'll get into that <laughs> later. So um, all three of us, we all have a Jedi background also. I also happen to have a pagan background before I became Christian again. If you count Catholicism as Christianity, technically I do, but we're not going to get into that argument. So I'll say again. But we're going to jump into this. So the first thing I wanted to ask you guys about was that opening. I'm, I'm not going to lie for myself. For those of you that don't know, you, you get – actually, Charles, you can explain it better. How did – yeah, just explain the opening. It starts out, you've got this chair, you've got this poor tribe, obviously in an underprivileged area. And and he's not saying that jokingly. He's, no, no, he's no, no, no. This is, this is, this is uh, uh, Kenya, I believe it was. Yes. And you can see in the background with, like, uh, mud huts. They pick the worst area, the most underprivileged. They have this, this lawn chair sitting there. It's a lawn chair. Like, let me be real clear. This is a lawn chair. This is not a special chair. And the... the it stays on that for like about a minute, solid, and then the guy kind of saunters over and sits down, and then he starts reading. Big old hat. Big hat. Big, big hat. Sits down, and he uh, starts reading uh, part of Acts, I believe it is, yep. uh, which, is the, which is the second to last time you will hear about that in the movie, despite it being titled it, and... They shake the screen and they put the text up real big and they do the whole. It sounds like the voice of God and they shake the screen as if though God is saying this, although it's this guy's voice. Maybe he thinks he's God. Uh, by the end of it, you may believe that. Uh, I believe he may think that. By the end of it, and then it cuts to darkness and then his face shows up and he's he's in your face giving you this look. And I can't remember exactly what he says, but he's like, what? And I'm like, well, so so far he has the same response I do. And then it cuts. And then this rap group comes on, and they're singing. At this point, I've still got the look the guy had. Like, at this phase, I'm giving the camera the same look he had when he came on and was given the, the I can't believe I'm hearing this look. And I'm like, I'm like, the things I do for my friends. <laughs> I mean, like, I know, I know that the Norse path is about companionship and the Jedi path is about self-sacrifice, but I'm pretty sure Odin and Yoda... You're just going to have to step up your game and pick the next video we do. <laughs> yes. 
You have to return the favor. I don't get that. one for unless I pick the porno. <laughs> <laughs> to be real honest. And I'm not going to do a Canada review of a porno. <laughs> okay, so Justin, how did you feel about that opening? I skipped it. Okay. So, I skipped it. I was about, look, I was about 20 seconds into the rap song. And I'm like, look. I'm I'm very picky about my rap. I like Biggie Smalls. I like some like old school '90s rap, and I don't like Christian music. I'm sorry, I can't. I wh- when I want to feel the word, I pick up the book and I read it. I don't need somebody giving it to me lyrical style. You know, it's just really odd. It's awkward. It just feels weird. So I skipped it. I was like, nope, I'm not listening to the song. <laughs> oh, okay. And, and and Heather thanked me for skipping the song, and so did Donna. <laughs> <laughs> I was on my headset, so all Helen got out of this was, what the beep? What the beep? <laughs> I can't believe this. Okay, this was a running diatribe, and she was like, are, are you sure? Are you sure that Allie is a good enough friend to put yourself through this? And I'm like, yeah, she'd do this for me. Dude, it was an hour and 41 minutes and some change. We will get to that part about how it's an hour and 41 minutes because I have a huge note on that, but we'll get there. Okay, so I'm not going to lie. I was the first one to start watching this. They didn't tell me about it. I saw it when I was going through trying to find a Christian-oriented documentary on Amazon Prime. So, yes, if anybody wants to, subject themselves to this after listening to our review, Amazon Prime. (laughs) It has 52 ratings, and of those, eight say it's a terrible movie and write down their their reasons why. So, and everybody else is like, oh, it's great. Five, four, seven. I highly recommend that, and I, I, this is not being literal. I never recommend people do drugs, but in this case, you may you may benefit from being in an altered state, either through deep meditations or copious amounts of I don't know whatever your your drug of so, choice is. Yeah, speaking Man, of you that, guys, I, I have a feeling I'm in trouble here because you guys got something way different out of this than I did. <laughs> so so here's the thing: like when I saw this, I actually wondered if I had drank some sort of hallucinogen in my water or psychedelic. And I nearly stopped right about then at about a minute, 30 seconds into the, into the movie. And, uh, you know, I thought train wreck. I I'm kind of bored where I am right now. And I really want to find out what this film has to say. Maybe, maybe it's a great film and the intro is just not really indicative of what the film is like. It is, but it isn't. And you'll kind of see what we mean as you go through. So if anything, if you just want to have like an idea of how crazy the beginning is, all you need is a minute and 30 seconds. That's it. Just a minute and 30 seconds. Now, it does get, I want to call it better, more coherent to a yes. degree after that. Um like, the guy starts talking about why they're there, what the film is about. This is a setup, okay? Okay? I don't know if Allie wants to hit her notes, but my notes have the following, okay? 
a lot of work to make the vision that they started talking about seem believed in. So it really feels like everyone wants to play up the fact that they believed in this. We'll get to that. We'll, we're going to get into that. I have 10 pages worth of notes, by the way, guys. Charles didn't take nearly as many. I did. So <laughs> You may have to skip some of them to make this fit the time we got. Oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Like I said, most of it's quotes, so, and I write kind of big. So anyway, so, so like, I pressed on with the film, and about 24 hours later, I thought, I should get Justin and Charles in on this, and we should do an episode on KOA on this. So that is where we are, people. It's been scientifically proven that after severe trauma, people often reach out to their friends a day later. <laughs> Sharing that trauma. <laughs> so this whole film starts out with a vision, right? According to our primary protagonist, because I don't really have an, another word for what he is, narrator, I guess. I, I don't know what you would call him. Nathan said antagonist. Yeah, well, I've, I'll take that. Technically, he's the narrator. Your protagonist yeah. is the He's one. the filmmaker, because it's a documentary. I mean, it's, yeah. They're, they're typically yeah. the filmmaker. Yeah. Documentary, yeah. mockumentary. It's hard to tell the difference sometimes. <laughs> so, so he God, has, this is going to be brutal. I have... Man, y'all subjected a Norse. <laughs> what, did you, did, what did you think I was gonna say? Did you think I was gonna? But before this is over, I'm gonna recommend that a lot of people watch this film. Watch, not yet, but before this is over. <laughs> Jeez, I already know why. You guys will be interested in that one. Don't watch this film. That's what the Christian's saying. Unless you're just wanting to find out what we're talking about. So, <laughs> so anyways, uh, so, okay, so he had a vision of a woman, no features to speak of, and a revelation of an emblem for the organization that sponsored the film. It's called Reveal Media. All he knew was that he was supposed to start a company, which now, by the way, I, I went and I researched this. It is a marketing strategy company, not a film company which might explain why Nathan was reading the whole time about the poor filmography of it. Like, he was screaming that the lighting was terrible. He was screaming that he could have literally filmed this better on his phone. <laughs> Nathan, you can't hear him, but he said, I could, I promise. <laughs> oh, no, we could hear him. Oh, you could. Okay. <laughs> I could hear him while I was watching it, and I didn't even have a way to hear him. <laughs> So, uh, so it's a film company and not even a primarily Christian organization. They do marketing strategy for, I mean, obviously they're going to tell some people to pound sand because they, it's not aligned with their values. I, I'm pretty sure that they would probably tell a porn company that they're not going to work with them. But they work with organizations that are not necessarily Christian-oriented. Maybe the people that work, that work in those are Christian but they're not Christian-oriented. So, you know, it's just a straight marketing strategy organization. The emblem that he got in his vision was a diamond logo. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but it looked more like a pyramid to me, but whatever. Yeah, it, it looked more like, it actually kind of looked like the Twin Towers because of the way it was framed. Like a Twin Towers logo almost. I could kind of see that. Yeah. I mean, you're not perfect, but like, I was really wondering why, but anyway. Or like a spearhead. 
Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really get the I didn't get the symbolism behind it if there was any. I mean, he made it sound like there was, but I didn't get it. Yeah. It just looked like a couple little things next to each other. They're like two uh, acute, acute because they're small. So yeah, two acute triangles put together with a. No, actually, it wouldn't have been acute. They would have been obtuse. Oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah I, I even tried after I watched it, I even tried to look deeper into it and there isn't much about there isn't much about any of that as like some as far as some of the symbolism and stuff. Yeah. Because in the opening, as you guys said, they really do push this this is a revelation, this is a revelation, this is a revelation. So I assumed there'd be a lot of symbolism in there because that's typically how the old gods work and they like to be very creative with their messaging and I was like and I couldn't find anything beyond what the film tells us which at this point isn't a lot. It's just kind of vague. Yeah. yeah. So they start a company and then tell of the story of their, and so the whole vision was start a company and tell the story of a woman on the other side of the world that may or may not have, may or may not exist. He learns later that she's pregnant and from Kenya, and we'll get into how that comes about, that he'll find her on the seventh day they are in Kenya and that she will have a gift of prophecy and that the film will premiere in 2020 at an Omaha theater. So here's my first question. Don't get into details like what it actually was. I want you to tell me, based on this information, what did you expect? them to have, what did you expect the film to be once they finally got to Kenya? Should I go first? Go ahead. Okay. I expected they were going to show up and this woman would be prophesying and we would be hearing her prophecies for the future and seeing her help people and that she'd be leading a tribe herself or leading a group of some kind that she might be a recognized leader in the community. Um, she may even be considered the holy person for the community in whatever capacity that meant, and that potentially she found God without even having access to the scriptures. Now, it seems unlikely, but I'm a Norse pagan. We have a lot of unlikely things in our, our legends and stories, too, and we a lot of us go through a lot of what people would call unlikely things, so I was waiting. I was getting interested. You know? I was. Justin, what, what, did you, what were you expecting? I was hoping that we wouldn't have to see them eat breakfast and lunch and dinner anymore and fly in airplanes. And I was hoping we were going to go right to the lady. Because that's, you know what, when I clicked on it and I seen the trailer, I was like, oh, sweet, we're going we're gonna to find, we're gonna find us like a, a Mother Teresa type character or somebody that's just, you know, just some, just some bad bee out there handling business. Uh, and all we got was, I'm sure you're going to get into it, but all we got was we didn't get that. Not for a much longer, much later. So six phase in the film, I'm taking my notes, okay? And I've written down a lot of work to make the vision seem believed in. Focused on proving it was a vision instead of an inspiration or some such. And may die of boredom 20 minutes in. No plot so far in, so far in sight. So, yeah, 20 minutes in. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a travel. Like I, 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 it turned into a travel vlog or something. And I'm like, I don't care about this. I don't care about your airplane ride or your 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 pizza or whatever they were eating that that at dinner and I want to meet her. She is who I'm here for. 
You know what I mean? I want to see her. We don't get these kind of people. I'm not. I'm not really doubting their their quote unquote vision, but they're really selling it hard. You know what I mean? Um, and usually, if you have to tell everybody how cool you are, you're probably not very cool. You know. Um, but anyways, I, I was hopeful that I was going to meet her, and I didn't for a long time. I I'm yeah. on a low carb diet, so the pizza definitely interested me. <laughs> only as a temptation, which I resisted. So I don't know. It had that. Pizza looked really good. Okay, so we're going to get into some quotes. We're going to get into some quotes. Because I actually wrote these down word for word. I used closed captions, so I am not not changing a single word. <clears throat> okay, so Jake Prewer, I think that's how you say his last name. We're going to say Jake. And Justin, I wish that you could use the font that they had, <clears throat> which we'll get to in a minute. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. I'm going to find it while you're talking. <laughs> I could not screen cap it. I tried to screen cap it. So if you can figure out a way to, like, take a photo of it. Dude, even if I have, even if I have to buy that font somewhere, that's, that's a winner. <laughs> okay, so Jake, when Jake was told about the vision that Cap, Cap is our main narrator, the person that is in part of, part of um, Reveal Media. He's the one that kind of came up with this sort of, you'll see why I say sort of as we go through this. But anyways, he says, quote, it didn't surprise me because we had talked so much about partnering, partnering together and to travel the world and show stories about what the Lord was doing through his people. Honestly, I didn't think it was a literal thing this vision. I thought it was an example of what the Lord wanted to do through him. That, to me, is a reasonable understanding of what it was, but this is like how he was introduced to the idea of this vision. I want to ask you guys, how did you feel about this quote in relationship to what the rest of the film really was? Did you think that maybe, and you don't, don't go into details, but did you think, because People will see why I think that it was actually really important to, to what this film really was. That this quote right here probably explains more of what this video really was. I mean, yeah, it definitely gave a feel for why he felt it was so necessary to do this. Um, without giving too much away, I will say that I feel that he very strongly believed in what he was doing and that this to him, he believed it was divine inspiration. Um, but that the implementation was so bad that I'm going to try not to say mean things. Justin, what do you think? <laughs> I'm let you say mean things, Justin. Uh, you're not going to get that from me. I didn't really. I didn't have. A, I didn't have that big of a problem with the movie. As we'll go along, you'll. You'll see the things I actually had a problem with. Um, a lot of my problems were personal problems. It wasn't anything that they did wrong, uh, with a few with a few exceptions. There, there are a couple of scenes where where I was like, uh, "That's awkward." But uh, I look, I, I I really do believe that they, in their heart of hearts, believed um, what they were doing was following um, the word of God. 
uh, as they had interpreted it. I just, again, I didn't like how hard they were selling that to me. You know, I look, your vision as a person, that's fine. It's like trying to get somebody to explain how they experience the force or how they experience God. You're never going to explain it to me. I'll never understand it. But show me the fruits of that of that vision. That's that's kind of where I was at with it. It was like I, it annoyed me they were selling it so hard to me. It wasn't that I thought they were liars or whatever. Uh, I, I really felt that they were – I did – like you said, I believed – I think they really do believe in their hearts what they were doing was following the mission as it was laid out to them. Uh, but they tried to explain something to me that I was never going to be able to experience no matter how hard they tried until they showed it to me. Like, I, again, I, so I go back to her. I want to see her. I want to I, I want to see what she's doing. So, so yeah, and, and kind of what I wanted to point out was this particular – quote, which will be revealed more throughout this. I think this is actually probably a more accurate portrayal of what his vision really was. <clears throat> Whether it was something that he had, uh, and you'll, you guys will see why. I mean, I, I think by the end of this, maybe even Charles will agree with me. I think that this quote right here where he says, this, we have been talking so much about putting out with our company with that these, there are these stories that God is moving in people's lives. That's something we want to do with our company. And they've only done it once. Now, I will give them one little credit here. And that is right after they got done doing this and they finally released it and premiered it, COVID hit. So it's not like they could realistically go back out and try to do another film like this. Maybe their marketing strategy company is supposed to evolve to a point where they're doing more stories like this. But I think that it is perhaps more appropriate to say, or more, uh, I think that more succinctly, what Cap's vision was, was probably more in line with what Jake said here, that they would be telling stories about how God is moving in the lives of others. And this Kenya trip was a part of that in their understanding of Christian faith which is, um, for anybody that does not know the term, you can go look it up. It's called word of faith or charismatic traditions. They, from what I understand, love church, which is the church they go to, is non-denominational. I could be wrong, but I think it's non-denominational from everything I've seen. But they lean more towards charismatic traditions. That is the people who believe in the continuation of sign gifts, and they take it to the point where they do faith healing, they do prophesying, etc., which is why they had, which is why this vision was prophetic in their views. So, <laughs> so Cap, okay. So going to Cap's whole thing, he says, uh, he says that he. This is not a direct quote, but he says that he has a vision of himself and others at an Omaha theater in a red carpet attire, praying and prophesying that Love Church would premiere its first film in 2020. Now, I said that I was going to tell you when this premiered. This is where I'm going to tell you it premiered. I looked it up. It premiered on 31 December 2019 at 8 p.m. to 10.59 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you want to get technical, 
if you want to get technical, it would have premiered in 2020 if we're talking Kenya time. That's fair. Too bad they don't have TVs to watch it on or... Or food. Yeah, but or it was food. supposed to premiere in a theater in 2020. I, don't, I didn't see any theaters in the movie. I don't know about you. Well, no. Actually, I did. I saw the front of a theater in the movie. They were interviewing... Um, but no, no, I meant... I'm in oh, a theater at the village. Oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it was supposed to premiere in 2020, but it didn't do that. So for people who, who want to understand more about Christian theology on how exactly prophecy works, it has, if you want, if you want it to be measured accurately, if you want to be considered a real prophet, or if, you, if, if you're, you are a real prophet, I can't even say if you want to be, if you are a real prophet, it will be an accurate telling, it will be direct, it won't be, the interpretation of it is not going to be so out there that little itty bitty things can get wrong. This, unless you're saying Kenya time, is one of those wrong things. So this, to me, honestly, goes back to what Jake was saying and that's another thing that I believe confirms that maybe he didn't really understand all of this, what he was doing, and somebody else held the interpretation. Now, if you want me to, to explain that part, that is more like there were actually prophets out there who could interpret uh, dreams for people who had the dreams, and, and eventually he gets to doing that. He goes and he interprets a dream later on. We'll get to that one, and I'm sure... Charles is just like, don't you just wait till we get to that one. <laughs> well, let me, ask, let me ask you this real quick so that we can make this a little more clear. Uh, the prophets from the Bible, we have, they, they have the luxury of telling us a story that happened before we ever seen anything happen. That is right? true. So, so we don't know what they got wrong or didn't. But l let me ask you from your point of view, what, what, what is required for someone to be a prophet? So it says in Deuteronomy, I don't remember which chapter, it says that the only way that you will be a prophet is if God reveals himself to you in visions and dreams. So he first has to reveal himself to you uh, in that way, tell you that you are going to be a prophet, um, which that one actually comes more from understanding the other prophets. They're, they're all, everyone that we actually get to hear their, their birthing story, they're, they're, their back history, it tells us that they were, they were told in a vision and dream first, you are a prophet, I'm calling you. So you were called to be a prophet, and then after that, you, you have to be his mouthpiece. And what it's supposed to be is, it goes a little further than this, everything is supposed to bring you closer to God. All of the visions, all of uh, any prophecy that comes forward is supposed to bring you closer to God. And if it deters you from God, if it does not glorify him, then it is not from him. In Ezekiel 13, and this one I know, the chapter where it is, in Ezekiel 13, Ezekiel is, is very specific about letting people know, you follow your own spirits. And Isaiah echoes the same thing. So many people come out and they prophesy in my name, and I have not sent them. These are what... Ezekiel calls a foolish prophet. He is the only one in the entire Bible that uses the terminology foolish prophet. Everyone else is a false prophet. But, he, but God's saying in there, I did not 
send you, you prophesy this, you prophesy that. These are not things I have prophesied. These are not things I have told any of my prophets. You see this of your own spirit. You are following your own spirit. Then we see again in the New Testament, not all who say, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. In that day, and I'm, I'm doing paraphrasing here. I can't directly quote. But in that day, they will say to me, Lord, have I not prophesied in your name? Have I not done signs and wonders in your name? Have I not cast out demons in your name? And in that day, I will say to them, I never knew you. This tells me a few different things. One, they actually believed that they were doing God's work. They believed it. It wasn't like they were, they were trying, these, these people that are being spoken of in that passage, don't think that they're just doing whatever. They actually believe that they're doing God's work. But God says, no, you never did my work. So you are either doing it for yourself or you were doing it with, because you, you needed a sign and so you kept going. And this kind of works into my whole theology of where the force is in the Bible. At one point in time, we actually did a whole study on it, so I'm not going to hash out on that right now. So, so only God knows who the bullcrappers are? And the rest of us have to find out later? Only, well, that's why it has to be accurate. That is part of it, is that it has to be accurate. There's a little bit, yeah. I, right, but, but the human lens... The human lens allows for semantics to screw everything up. Kenya versus uh, New York time, for example, you know, like, you know, so, so, so half of us could argue. And, and I don't oh, even think that's that. Why I, that's why I said. I don't even think like, I, I, I'm not even sure. I never got the feeling that they were calling themselves prophets. Uh, they, they, they were really, really focusing on her. Well, the opening was, You're right. um, You're right. yeah. Prophecy itself. It does, I, don't, yeah. I didn't think that they saw themselves as prophets either. However, yeah. the charismatic church, and, and this is something that a lot of people don't really know, the charismatic church, on a lot of them believe, a lot of the tradition believes that everybody has access to all of the sign gifts if they really believe in God. And therefore, they don't have to be prophets. Right. Instead, they have the gift of prophecy, which does not necessarily make them prophets. Yeah. But in order for the gift of from a mystic, to be from a mystic point of view, I, I, I would I would agree with that. I, I think we're all capable. We all have the same equipment uh, at birth, but for the most part. But no, uh, and I, I think, argue, and I would actually agree with that. In fact, I will point to you that um, there is a witch in the Bible. Right. I don't even know this. There is a witch mm-hmm. in the Bible from indoor. Your <laughs> <So laughs> Ewok. Thing, uh, conversations on that, but anyways, she's from indoor, and she accurately predicts what is going to happen to AT. Right. What I was going to say, I, I, I think, I think for the sake of of clarification, it's just easier just to specify this person and this person as a prophet to help kind of set the tone of what's coming and what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, instead of just, I mean, because it'd be really confusing if we said everybody in the Bible has the ability to. Uh, see visions and stuff. Well, of course, but that doesn't, that kind of, that's really crappy storytelling. It's hard to it follow is. that. Yeah. So right. I, I was just kind of, just, just kind of trying to get your, your idea of what a prophet was, because that's something that, that word is thrown around a lot in this movie and it, it does kind of get mixed in and it's kind of hard to follow at times. 
Right. It, and it, you're right. It does. Okay, so then we're going to go to the next quote, which is from Pastor Mike O'Connell uh, of Love Church. He said, four weeks later, Mike O'Connell calls up Cap and tells him that he had a vision and he wanted to share it with Cap. Mike tells us that while he's watching the Grinch, now these are not direct quotes, but this is basically me paraphrasing what happened. While he's watching the Grinch in the theater, he gets a strong impression that Love Church is going to have a premiere in a theater, much like the one he was sitting in at the time, and that Cap was going to release his first feature film, and he could see the celebration happening. He just felt that this celebration was going to happen. Then as he walked out of the lobby, he got the feeling again. So he called Cap and told him about it. Here is something that we are seeing here. From what we understand, Captain never told Mike O'Connell. So what this tells us is that this vision actually is something that is legit, that the film premiering somewhere in the theater is legit. Maybe Cap was the one that gave it that 2020 date, and maybe it wasn't in the vision. Cap, Cap might have been the one that did that. So this vision, this part of the vision does seem to be accurate. Now, as a mystic, Charles, what do you think when these kinds of things align, where people are getting the same message? I have this vision, Allie. Now, I know this is probably going to be on audio and not video. I have a dart gun in my hand, a Nerf one. I'm going to pull, I have a vision that I'm going to pull back, click this, aim it at the screen, and shoot at you with it. Well, look, it happened. I had a vision that it's going to happen. Now, I'm going to go out and do it. As a mystic, when I have a vision that something else is going to happen to someone else in my life and I'm not the direct influence of it, I, I start looking for information. And if it's a good vision, uh, I try not to get in its way. And if it's a bad vision, uh, I try to run it over. But if I have a vision of myself doing something and it's something that sounds interesting and useful to me, that is a, an inspiration as much as it is an, a vision. And I recognize my own part in this. So here's the thing. This entire vision theory falls apart if they all stay home and eat pizza, which at one point in the movie, that's what I thought they were doing. So, <laughs> I mean, I've seen pizza. Yeah, but um, pizza was at a place in North Carolina, I think. Yeah, but my, <laughs> point, my point is, this is not a vision of an infallible must happen. This is more like a command from God at that point to them. This isn't God saying, look, this is what's going to happen. This is like, Go see this woman. Stop eating pizza. Movie theater. And they're like, a vision of the future. No, a commandment from God. You twits. And I guess as a mystic, you know, when my gods give me a command, I can choose to follow it or not, just as these people could choose to follow it or not. And that's great. But we are seeing them treat it as if though it was a definitive thing they knew was going to happen. And they're like, we were so shocked and happy to see that when we got on the plane to go to Kenya that it took us to Kenya. Yeah! You yeah. booked the trip? Yeah, okay. Yeah, after you booked the trip and dropped, you know, whatever, thousand-some dollars, couple thousand dollars to do it, I only wish that before the end of this, God had sent them a vision of them feeding these poor hungry people. <laughs> okay, so... Justin, in your, in your understanding of, of what's just happened, 
you have these two people that have this vision that Cap is going to release his first feature film in a theater, and it's going to also be sponsored by Love Church. Let's, let's just take it from the skeptical point of view. Let's say that you were trying to find out what exactly happened as an investigative person. What are some questions you have? Like, how would, how would you determine whether or not this really was something that they, that they saw and it wasn't something that was um, kind of surfaced because of, I don't know, conversations that they had had previously? Uh, as a metaphysician, by, by trade almost, I don't look at vis visions as being special. I, I don't allow my ego, because you know what? As a metaphysician, I, me visualization is a tool to manifestation. Mm -hmm. Right, I use vision, visions and and I and, and I create visions to create reality. So if I want to buy buy a car um, and I give myself you know six months, I build visualizations every day. I and I will I will see myself driving the car. I'll feel the wind. I'll, so so I don't I don't come at this from the point of view where this is special to me. Um, if God sends me a vision, and I believe that I've had visions from, from elsewhere in my life, I never thought to myself, well, I must be special because this came to me. We're all connected. No shit. Go figure. You know, uh, it doesn't surprise me that they, see these, that they see these similar visions because, you know, have you guys ever had, the, had an idea and it's a really good idea, and it just came out of nowhere, and you thought to yourself, this is the greatest idea I've ever had. And you start looking around, and you find out that four or five or six other people had the same idea, roughly. I mean, it was really close. And you're thinking, oh, man, I was late to the party. No, you just all got, y'all tapped into something, right? And the, the conversations we could have on what that quote-unquote something is, we could go on for another 30 days probably. But... From the point of view of trying to, to skeptically debunk it, I, I don't know what I would ask. All, all I would say to him is probably is, duh. <laughs> of, course okay. you guys, of course you guys could share the same vision. That's literally how this works. You know, um, We're tapped into something. We just have different labels for it, but it's the same thing in, in the end. Like we said earlier, I don't think vis visions – uh, or or, or pro prophecy is yeah, well, I don't think it's just specifically for s special people, quote unquote, special people. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, one question I, I will say that I have when I looked at this was Jake tells us that they had been talking about it as partners to do filming on different things, right? They have been sharing this with people in their church. So that is my question: is did this gets shared so often that they saw it together, and then as a manifestation, like you said, Justin. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, even thoughts, even thoughts. Remember, even thoughts are are things. Yes. Thoughts are things. So, you know, if you have if you have a bunch of people thinking about something, it it will manifest. And for those of us like me who are a little thick-headed, sometimes you got to have a, a god figure punch it into your face, uh, because I'm a little sometimes but yeah I mean thoughts are things too the only thing I would say uh, trying to be a skeptic about this is you know of course we're taking a lot of what they say on faith we have to just assume that they're you know on honest fellas right no and you're absolutely right and and um, to go back to your point that by having enough people doing that it helps motivate the people that are that are in a position to do that so the person that's most in the position to be able to film this would be the 
or this, these two guys that run an organization called Reveal Media or Marketing. Yeah, no, Reveal Media, and they do marketing strategy. But they were talking previously, so you know this. this I believe that this encouragement is a good thing, as long as it's properly applied. Okay, so Brennan, Brennan says he got a feeling God is calling him back to Kenya and tells Cap that his, this feeling, or, or about this feeling, he also feels it's to tell the story of these people in Kenya. He also states that Cap is supposed to come with him. This is the feeling that he gets. And that God told uh, Brendan that Cap needed to film it. So Cap comes in. He goes after the conversation with Brendan. He prayed about it, and he was given a clear vision of a woman from Kenya who was pregnant and that she had the gift of prophecy. Later on, we learned that Bread of Life has invited him and his organization to film, to film Bread of Life and their story. We're not told how that works out, so I'm kind of left wondering if Brendan facilitated the connection there because he was the one that wanted to go. So Cap doesn't find out that this woman is from Kenya until after he's told, God wants you to go to Kenya. That kind of also leaves me with a bad taste in my mouth that this was, you know, I'm not going to lie, when I think about it, when I think, of, when I think of Africa and all of the films that we see over there, I'm not talking about, like, Africa where you have um, really flourishing cities and whatnot. I'm talking about the ones that typically get filmed, especially by missionaries. I see in my head several pregnant black women. How is that possible that people are getting pregnant in other countries? It's got to be divine intervention. I'm just saying that it's so generic that uh, I can see how he would get this vision that she's pregnant and black. And that's not to disparage the people in those countries. It's not. Those just happen to be what get filmed the most of. That and children that, uh, you know, go in those commercials where feed the children and whatnot. Well, right, because any village that you film is going to have pregnant women in it because that's something that happens with women in villages. Well, I think, honestly, I think that the reason why that they get filmed more often than anything is because women and children in general, and here you have one, you have it married into one person. It's not just a very deeply spiritual thing, but it also captivates the emotional quality that people have towards yeah. those. And a lot yeah. of these films are trying to get you to help someone, and you're going to want to help a pregnant woman. That mm -hmm. Right. It's a very psychological thing, too. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. No, no, it's not bad. But it's there. It is. So, someone tells me I have a vision of a pregnant woman in another country. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of them in other countries. Yeah, weird. Women get pregnant all over the world. It's strange. I, I thought it was a US thing. <laughs> but it is true. The, these, you said, like, you know, the, these films or these commercials come from the more missionary side of things. Um, they, do, they do try to hit us, they try to give us a knockout punch right to the heart and right to the gut. And it, it works. That's why they do it. Yeah. So, anyways. If I don't get over there, we're, we're going to skip the trip. Oh, actually, no. What do you guys think of that font? <laughs> when they introduced oh everybody. <laughs> say it, say it, Justin. What did they call them? The God Squad. <laughs> hey, I had to pause it. I, I, I actually paused it and had to walk around the house for a minute just to <laughs> shake that off. 
I, I got to hit on one thing in the trip. So hold on, hold on. I want to I wanna say, for anybody that really wants to know, when I say the font, I'm talking hot pink Austin Powers font. Yeah, the God Squad. <laughs> okay. At some point during this trip, the one guy steals a pillow, uh, and he goes, I jacked one of the pillows, so I'm going to be sleeping great. I don't know if you had a chance to go back and check the exact. Oh, no. Um, I am very sure that it was from the plane, but Charles believes that it was from a hotel. Either either way, when you're when you're doing a movie about doing works for God, probably don't want to make a joke about how you're stealing stuff from people and winking at the camera and then heading on. <laughs> well, not only that, but you're going to a village that probably doesn't have pillows, and I mean there there might be I I, I shouldn't say it like that, but you know you, you're 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 bringing the comforts of the first world and you're trying to preach to folks who don't get to exp experience that at all. They don't get pizza. Yeah. They don't get Egyptian cotton. I mean, hell, I don't even get to sleep on Egyptian cotton, but you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was something that just struck me during the trip. It was like, oh, so God doesn't notice if you steal things so long as you're flying in his name. This is where the movie starts turning around for me as far as how I feel about these young men uh, as people. Because re really, for me, the, the backbone or the, maybe one of the cornerstones of, of the Christian faith is the testimony of Christ, right? At each person gets to share a testimony, and we get, the, we get to hear about this young man. And I, I wish I thought I wrote his name down, but I, but I didn't. Maybe Nick. you didn't. Nick. Was it Nick? Who, who, who was having a lot of trouble, man. He was, he was a, a, an alcoholic, a womanizer, and, you know, all the drug addict and all these bad things, and... Uh, the one thing that helped him start to move his life, I won't say into a better direction because we all have a path to walk, but in a better direction for him was he found the Christian faith. And that's, to, to me, that's, that's awesome. I'm fond of saying, I don't care how people become better. Just be better. You know, if that's, even if that's finding the opposite of Christianity, if that makes you a better person, I'm fine with that. Just be better. That's where that started turning. So, so, so at the very end of the trip, Right before he tells us about how he stole a pillow from somewhere, uh, we get to we get to start learning about Nick, and we hear about Nick later too. We do, but Which is uh, why I haven't brought him up during the trip. Right, there. right, but uh, yeah. So the <laughs> testimonials—that's where the powerful stuff is for me. Yeah. So okay. So then we cut to where they have Acts nineteen eleven through fifteen, as uh, it's quoted. Uh, just to give you brief, this is a passage describing an exorcist that goes an exorcism that goes wrong in the Bible. And I feel that it may have been really appropriate for the story that follows, but the guy just doesn't seem to take it under advisement. It's like, I think that they unironically put this where it was, not realizing that it kind of undermines what happened next. Prophetically, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> so the story we see is of Andrew. Andrew, he's one of the people I haven't named yet, encountering a young girl that he asks if he can pray for her arm by putting his hand through, through this um, gate. And she has her arm in a splint. And she says, no. And then he decides that he's going to do it anyway. She tells him that it does nothing for her, and he's kind of stunned by the lack of, of healing here. And um, just 
kind of says that he had to stumble out of that situation because he didn't know how to react to it. And he has a bunch of other kids around him. And so God's not coming through for him during this case. So when you guys saw that, what was your first thought when you saw Andrew trying to pray for this little girl? I try, I made a note on that immediately, and it, it says this. Tries faith healing without skill or, or the gift. Makes whole religion look like assholes. Here's the thing. If he had some kind of training, if he'd done it before and succeeded for someone over a major illness, okay, where they had had a broken limb or some injury or even a real bad cut and it was able to take some of the pain away, anything. But we have no indication of that. And every indication this, this very well may be his first time, it just made him look very rich and very entitled and very sure of himself and very unskilled. And it did nothing for his religion. And by his religion, I mean his church believing that this is how things work, not necessarily all Christians. Although I'm sure to the little girl, she was like, so this is what they're like. Yeah, <laughs> that was my take. Uh, he had he had plenty of faith. He had plenty of confidence. The biggest thing he did wrong was that he was trying to heal her for him and not for her. That's what hit me. I'm like, this guy, he's doing this for himself. He's not even serving her. I mean, all the other stuff aside, I, Charles has the same points that I kind of wrote down too, um, was that you know th this stuff, like exorcism, requires training. It requires practice. It requires a lot of skill. God, which is and a relationship with God, um, an intimate relationship, but yeah. also to serve others above yourself. That's the, that's the whole point of healing somebody. That was yeah. the first thing I learned when when I learned how to how to heal uh, energetically. Lesson one is you never do it for yourself. That was what struck me, and it was really awkward. I was like, oh, I, I was really embarrassed for him. I wasn't embarrassed for the religion because there's a lot of good Christians who do heal people and they do a good job. But they do it for God, or they do it for the person. They don't do it for, for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually. Uh, so I said relationship. The passage that they they quote that does say, Jesus I know, so and so I know, uh, Paul I know, Peter I know, or something like that. Bunch of people that the demon knows, but you I don't. I don't know you because. And what it's saying in that passage is, you don't have a relationship with God. God has not made you known to me, so I don't care what you say. It also reminded me, for those of you who are fans of uh, the old Constantine movie, the, the one that Keanu Reeves did, where they're at the end and the angel, I think it was Gabriel, was going to smite Satan. He was gonna, she was going to punch him in the face. And she went to hit him and nothing was happening. And he says to her, it looks like he doesn't have your back anymore. And he just like blasts her wings off or whatever. But that there was like... So confident, so full of confidence, which is important. Confidence is important, you know, uh, 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 complete faith. But there was just something missing. Uh, Gabriel was going to punch Satan for herself and not for God. And this is kind of the point. It doesn't matter if you believe in God or not. Uh, the key to, to really making things work and, and, and giving a lot of power behind it is to do it for, not for yourself. For a famous quote from, from Charles here. Power comes from a need, not a desire. Yeah. Okay, so earlier, if you recall, Cap told us that the woman was going on the, that they were going on this trip to find would be found on the seventh day. Here's another part where the specificity of this, of this vision breaks apart. 
We learn he discovers a pregnant Kenyan woman on the first day named Esther. And he sees the, the name as being automatically. I will say that in the whole film, I saw, I noticed at least one other pregnant woman in here. But he latched on to Esther. So now he goes on to alter his understanding of his vision. God told me I'd find her on the seventh day or on day seven so that other things would happen on the trip. Paraphrased. I applaud, personally, I applaud that he acknowledges the discrepancy but the alteration seems unfaithful to the vision itself. As I said, I noted at least one other pregnant woman in the film. Who's to say she wasn't the one? Honestly? Okay, so as a mystic, visions are never that clear, first of all. When people say that they have seen prophecy, I always kind of give them this look and I go, you do realize you're using your brain and your mind to interpret what you're seeing. So even if you see an image or hear a word, a lot gets filled in. And I get that from a Christian perspective, that may be different. You may believe otherwise, that God will make certain that it is undeniably faithfully true in your mind. But I have never seen anyone get a vision that is that level of accuracy. And I've looked for people. I have had it once. I have had it once where I got a day and a time stamp. But I couldn't do anything about it because it wasn't somebody that I actually knew or knew anything about. Okay, so I now have I now have testimony from someone I trust that they've done it once, and only once. I'm not going to say that it's ever replicated. But, but at the same time, I would then say that I'm sure there were a lot of things around that, like as you said, you couldn't intervene on it. When people see visions like this, I don't know. My mother had seen things like that at certain points where it was eerily accurate to a degree. Deja vu-esque? No, like eerily accurate. Just oh, okay. But what they're trying to hit on, I, I get what they're saying. What God was really saying was they really didn't meet her, though, until the seventh day. They, they just, they were aware of her, and they talked to her, but they hadn't met her. That is true. Yeah. But, he all, but consider this. He kind of also edged away from even doing that. He, well, he's, and I, if I was, if I were Christian, I would argue that he tried to, but then God pushed him. So, but he doesn't but, say that either. So, so, so there are things that are missing from this, and you would be accurate. And and that was actually a thought I had. Well, he didn't really talk, but even at that, he didn't talk to her until the. It was the last day. Whatever the last day was. No, it's, yeah. It's, you you have an unlimited being, with unlimited potential, filtering its message, through. A, a meat sack through, through a very limited being. Being a limited being, as we all are, he heard the name Esther and just went biblical with it, literally. Like, he you know, he, he heard the name and it was like, oh, that, that's, that's got to be it. So, you know, I mean, whether it was her supposed to be her or not, I again, I, I tried to find out what happened after, if there was any follow-ups or updates, and there's, there's nothing. That would be really nice. Yeah, no, there wasn't. Yeah, there's nothing. Now, to, in, in all fairness, I will give them one thing on that. But I don't know if they ever intended to go back. That's the real question. Did they intend to go back? I will give them COVID as their one saving grace as to why we don't have anything. I just think, you know, again, to, to me it goes back to, to looking at the Bible as not a literal document and not looking at the all, all the books that were not included, all the non-canonical books too. I'm, I'm very much not a canonical Christian. I don't, I don't, 
I like all the books. I don't care where they came from. If they're relevant to me, if they make sense, they help me understand a, a larger story. But, you know, again, th those old prophets have the luxury of somebody recording what they did for our, our sake. Um, it looks perfect. I don't think... I don't think anybody, any prophet of any time was ever perfect because, again, we're all kind of born with the same limitations. And you have this being of a, lim of a limited potential. And this, even if you believe that the only thing that exists is energy, okay, well, you have, you have energy uh, at the levels of which you can't even comprehend, focusing a message through your brain and through your mind and, and all of our baggage and all of our stuff, so... So yeah, and, and what I'm going to say here, and uh, I think that we're going to have to do this in two segments, simply because I actually have to be somewhere. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to end here because now we're in Kenya, but I'm going to end with this this little thing because there's actually a good portion in here uh, after this. But for all of his talk of how God was going to confirm Esther, because we see a lot of things in here, he's like God would confirm Esther, the whole vision statement. And um, what we see is they didn't do a whole lot with her in the rest of the film. We see her around 40 minutes into the film, and then it isn't until the, towards the end that she comes back into the story. So let's put a pin on that for now, and we'll get into that later. But for now, we've kind of talked more and more, or we've done a really good episode on the discussion of the vision itself and how these things can either be interpreted wrong or how we're told everything, and then next week we'll get to see how that kind of came to fruition or did not come to fruition and how you see it. Do you guys want to say anything at this point before we cut off and tell everybody good night? I think this conversation has been way more interesting than the movie. <laughs> so, so, I mean, you know, there's that. So I got this to say. Make sure you get this recorded properly. Next time on Knights of Awakening, will these rich, entitled white boys feed these poor people in Kenya? Probably not. Will Charles stop harping on the hypocrisy? Will Justin and Allie convert to Norse theology? Find out on Knights of Awakening. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And awaken the night within.